0: Well, praise the Lord, everybody! I'm so glad that you have joined us for another edition of Bridging the Gap. I am your host, Pastor Nathan Brozier, and I'm just excited that you have taken your time out of your busy schedule. Well, maybe you're driving down the road and you got plenty of time, but I just appreciate you taking your time because time is valuable, and we're only given 24 hours a day, and we're only given a little bit of 60 minutes per hour, 60 seconds per minute. So I, I truly appreciate you taking part of your valuable time to just sit and indulge me as I, as I speak this thing, particular message that's on my heart. Uh, today I wanna talk about the lines of praising through your storms or praising even at your midnight hour because many of us are faced with so much stuff and I'm gonna talk about this from a standpoint of how we get past our time of turmoil. And praise is how we get through that. So without further ado, let's get started. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 16. And I'm gonna be reading a familiar text for you that are Bible studyers and, and you have you've really dug into the word. If you've been in church long enough, you may have heard this, this particular passage preached several different ways, but pretty much similar in a way, but I just want to kind of bring some things to surface because oftentimes we forget where we're at. And so if you will just indulge me for about 15, 20 minutes maximum here. Acts chapter 16, we'll start in verse 16, a little lengthy reading, but I want to paint this picture because there's things I want to show us in this site. Chapter 16, verse 16, one day as we were going down, this is Paul and Silas, we were going down to the place of prayer. We met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. She followed, first off, we got to see that she was a, a fortune teller. So she was dabbling in this, in that world of witchcraft and, and, and that. So we got to see who this woman was. Right. Okay, here we go. She followed Paul. And the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God. And they have come to tell you how to be saved. Now, first off, I want to stop right there because we think about this. What has this woman done that is so outlandish? Or what has this woman done that would cause such an irritation, To Paul's spirit, because all she's doing right now is declaring the very thing that they were doing right what do we see Paul and Silas doing they were declaring the word of the Lord and teaching those that there was only one way to heaven and that's through Jesus Christ they were teaching the way and this woman just began to explain exclaim to them out loud uh, these men are the servants of the most high God and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Now look what Paul does here. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated and he turned, to, he turned and said to the demon within her. Note here that he didn't turn to the woman and call her a demon, but he said he spoke to the demon that was within her. And he said, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And what does the Bible say? And instantly it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered because they were making money off this woman. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials, they are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet In the stocks let me stop right there just for a second what do we see Paul and Silas doing declaring the word of the Lord sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ that they must repent come to Jesus there's only one way to come to the Father and that's through Jesus Christ and then they casted out a demon that was in this woman and this is where it led them to the fact that they were stripped and beaten with rods, wooden rods, it is, to the point that the jailer shackled their feet with stocks or clamped their feet with stocks and shackled their hands. Not only, and not just in, in the jail cell, we have this thing, in, in, when you work in the county jail, we have a place called segregation. You throw them in there because they're not going to be there very long. So it's just, it's, it's just, you just don't put them out into the population of the, of the other jails uh, jailers. Uh, or, or however you want to call them, jailers. And so here we have these people. All they did was cast out a demon. Paul and Silas cast out a demon. And now they're being treated like the worst possible criminal. What do we see them do? Get thrown into the inner dungeon of the jail, shackled their feet, clamped their feet with shackles and, and clamped their arms with, with shackles they were bound up from the hands to the feet to where they could not move. What for? What? Were they endangering the lives of people around them? No, simply because they were obedient to the word of the Lord. Now, here's what I want you to see. Paul could have easily said, you know, listen, let's just let this woman be. She's not doing us any harm. If anything, she's letting people know that we are praising God. If she's she's doing anything, she's not really hurting our ministry, uh, Silas. Or Silas could have said this to Paul. But they could have easily said, let's just let this woman be. She's doing us no harm. But then all of a sudden, you've got to see what's the underlining of this whole situation. Now, oftentimes as pastors, preachers, or leaders, or anybody that's in an office of spiritual leadership, whether that be an elder Uh, a lay minister, a children's pastor, teen pastor, you fill in the blank. What happens is there's this thing called pride that can settle in to our spirits. Now we begin to believe our own hype or we'll begin to drink our own Kool-Aid or drink the Kool-Aid as they would say. We begin to believe something that we forget who has authorized us to walk in such power such authority. We begin to believe the hype that we are something that we're not. We are called of God. We are walking, living vessels, uh, uh, walking with the Father, doing what he asks us to do. Now, that, that doesn't, I mean, that's just us being obedient. Now, God uses the ignorance to confound the wise. So we should never think so highly of ourselves. So you got to imagine maybe Paul and Silas are sitting here and they're hearing this woman just boast and talk about the goodness, the greatness of these two men, that they could have recognized this is settling different in me. Something's not right here because I'm feeling a certain way. Maybe that's, as Bishop would say, use your, use your, uh, use your sanctified imagination, that is. Uh, we don't know what was happening right there that would that would urge Paul and Silas to recognize that this woman was operating in a demonic spirit. Or that demonic spirit was operating in this woman. And so we've got to, we've got to recognize, here we see now Paul and Silas shackled just for doing something simple, setting somebody free from the bondage that they were in for who knows how long. The Bible doesn't even say. From this point on, it doesn't even talk about this woman. But this may have been for years. But nonetheless, they cast out this demon. And now this woman was set free. Now because bondage was set free from this woman, those who had gained from her now become aggravated and angered to the point. Let's throw these in jail. And so Now we see Paul and Silas at a place shackled up at their feet and their hands bound and they they could have maybe thought again use your sanctified imagination here imagine Paul could have easily said Silas what in the world I don't know that this is even worth it all we did was cast out a demon and now we're sitting here treated like we're murderers you know this is an affair this is injustice if we've ever seen injustice We're sitting in a prison cell for really no good reason. Shackled from the feet up. Now they could have easily wallowed in their own woe is me mentality. They could have easily said, you know, good Lord, what am I doing? I'm I'm done. Many of us oftentimes, when the enemy comes in like a flood, we don't wait for the spirit of the Lord to raise up a standard against it. But here's what we do. When the enemy comes in like a flood, we begin to go, oh my, this is not worth it. I should just give up. I'm so done with this situation. I'm so aggravated. I am going to just quit my ministry. I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to quit, you fill in the blank. We can easily get caught in that mentality because when the storms arise in our life, we can oftentimes get caught in the storm instead of seeing ourselves through the storm. Instead of looking at the one who controls the wind in the midst of a storm. Instead of being like an eagle and soaring above the clouds or the storms, as Isaiah said. And here, we can do one of two things. We can do one of many things actually. But oftentimes we see Christians. We see you and I. I I admit myself there's been times that I begin to look at the storm instead of looking at the eye who can get me out of this storm. Sometimes I would look at the waves, and I can imagine like Peter has done in, in scriptures before, that when the storms begin to toss, your eyes begin to leave Jesus and you begin to stare at your storm you may be in that place right now in your life the biggest storm you've ever faced but I'm here to tell you don't stare at the storm stare at the eye of the beholder who can speak calmness over your storm who can speak winds storms be still because he can and he will do Let's look, let's go on, let's go on. In verse, now finally, okay, we stopped at 24. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Now listen, around midnight, verse 25, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner, who my God, fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked them, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? My God. They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. This is just hitting me a certain way today. I want you to get this because Paul and Silas could have stayed in the midst of their storm because they were in a prison cell now simply because of telling people about the salvation of Jesus Christ. Now they're in a prison cell thinking that woe is us, possibly. But the Bible says at the midnight hour, they begin to pray. You may be at your midnight hour right now, but I'm telling you right now not to give up. But you got to pray. You got to press through the midst of your storm. You've got to press through the pain and the suffering. Paul and Silas, we forget they were beaten with wooden rods. So they may have been beat down sore, may have had open wounds in them, but they yet still praise the Lord. They yet would still sing hymns. Under God, even in the midst of their pain, even in the midst of their turmoil, even in the midst of the inner part, dungeons of this prison. I'm telling you right now, you're not facing too much to where God can't get you out. You're not in the midst of a place where God can't see you through. Look what he did to Paul and Silas. He not only set them free, but everyone that was listening was set free. Not only the prisoners were set free, but the jailer who was about to commit suicide, who was about to kill himself, because he knew the comp, what was going to take place because of what was placed over him as an authority to watch them, he was set free. You may be going through a mindset of about to commit suicide kill. I'm telling you, God can set you free. You may be in the place where you're wounded. You may be sick right now. You may be ailing in your physical body. God is able to see you out of your midnight hour you may be in this place and you're lost you may be listening right now and you're lost not knowing what tomorrow may hold let me tell you something today like paul and silas said trust in jesus christ he is your salvation not only for you but you for your children and their children and the generations afar far off. I love the Lord so much that I'll never allow my circumstances to decide if I'm going to release what thus saith the Lord. So I'm here to speak, I know I'm a little excited today, but I'm feeling this in my spirit. I'm going to speak this right now over you that are watching this on YouTube or you're listening to this right now on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever avenue you're watching. Listen, you can find hope in Jesus Christ. Let that sink in. Listen, it didn't come overnight that I begin to understand my hope was built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. In righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only or wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Listen, that didn't just come overnight. This was a process. I begin to learn how to trust in God. I begin to learn how to put my hope. In something that I could not see because guess what would happen over time he never failed me he never forsook me because you know why his word says I'll never leave you nor forsake you listen I begin to trust everything his word said that I believed for myself that I could come out the storm, that I could come out of the valley, that I could come out on top, not because of what I can do, but what he's already done for me. My God, if you're listening to this right now, I want to speak this and I'm done. Told you 16, 18 minutes here today. I want to speak this over your heart. Listen, you're about to give up. I don't know who I'm talking to. You, You are about to give up right now, either on your ministry, on your family, on your marriage, on life itself. I'm here to speak like Paul and Silas to you right now. Jesus is the way out of your storm. I want you right there just to begin to praise him in the midst of your valley. Praise him right there in the midst of your storm. Here's what praise does. Here's what praise does. It confuses the enemy. Why? Because the enemy is throwing what feels like all hell against you. But listen, when you praise in the midst of what seems like all hell is coming against you, it confuses the enemy's mind. Look what he did to Job, and I'm not going to go on this very long, but he says, he said, let me take this, let me take that, let me take this. Surely he will curse you and die. But we see Job Never cursed God and he never died. What do we see? That God doubled everything that he had. Listen, when we praise God in the midst of our midnight hour, it confuses the enemy. And when we walk by faith and not by sight, it may feel like there's no, there's no ending at this tunnel. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. Trust me today. God will see you through. He's already fought the fight. He's already won the battle. You just got to stand in and say, I declare I am victorious through you, Christ Jesus. So right there, I just want you to praise the Lord. Oh, my God, I give you glory. Even in the midst of my darkest hour, I give you praise right now. Come on, you got to press through the thronging crowd like the woman with the issue of blood. You've got to press through your situation. you got to press through your circumstance because God has got the answer waiting for you. And those who seek him shall find him. The prayers of a fervent man availeth much. So, Father, we press through right now, God. We press through. God, I'm pressing through with somebody right now. That young woman or that young man that's considered giving up on life. We press through right now, God, that lets your glory be revealed in them, Lord. And through them, show your hand to be mighty over their life, God. Those people that are about to give up on their ministry, God, let them hold on just a little longer. You've got a plan for them, God. You, Lord, if we just don't give up, you, you, we, won't, we, we won't give up, God. So we press and we, we push through, God. We push, We push through, Father. We seek your face right now that you will begin to move some obstacles in some people's life. Physical, maybe they're hurting physically right now, God. We know that you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord God that still does heal. And so we cry out right now, Abba, Father, we need you in this midnight hour. We give you praise in Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, I wanna thank you for joining this week's podcast of Bridging the Gap. Again, till next time, I'm Pastor Nate. We'll see you later. God bless you.